take out the cat. I just had to pull her by her tail, so. But we're good. Take that cat. Okay. Y'all ready, Whitney? All right, here we go. This is MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters, and hello from Billings, Montana. It's Friday, May 15th, and we just got word of some breaking news as we record this from the Environmental Protection Agency. The EPA just announced that it will not regulate the chemical perchlorate, an additive to rocket fuel which poisons drinking water and has been linked to fetal damage. Another uninspiring and very discouraging headline from the Trump administration's EPA. Anyway, I'm joined as always today by Deputy Director Whitney Taney in Bozeman and Political Director Jake Brown in Helena. Whitney's keeping tabs on our guest today, another MCV-endorsed candidate who's seeking a seat on the Montana Land Board. We're excited to welcome Shane Morgeau to our podcast this week because he's an endorsed MCV candidate for state auditor and a 100% lifetime champion for MCV which is, as Murph mentioned, another seat on Montana's important land board that protects our outdoor heritage. I'm looking forward to folks learning more about Shane because he's very qualified, especially compared to some of his opponents. That's right, Whitney. And it's actually voting season. Folks should have their ballots in their mail. And if for whatever reason people haven't gotten their ballots, you can always uh, check the status of your ballot at the Montana Secretary of State's website, sos.mt.gov or just by calling your county elections office. Jake, let's spend a minute talking about the Green Party in Montana, because every voter who got a ballot also got a ballot for the Green Party this year, but it's raising some eyebrows. What's going on? Yeah, thanks for the question, Murph. Um, it actually became public a, a few months ago at the at the deadline for candidate filing that the Republican Party had actually spent around $100,000 um, gathering signatures to make sure the Green Party could be on the ballot. Long story short, it's basically a really shady attempt by the Republican Party to siphon away some votes from Democrats. Uh, Interesting fact, when we endorse candidates, we send out questionnaires to all candidates in a race, regardless of political party, including the Green Party. We've sent these questionnaires out to hundreds of candidates, and so far we have gotten a questionnaire back from one Green Party candidate. So kind of telling on how much the Green Party actually cares about conservation issues if they don't even return the MCV questionnaire. Yeah, something that we are watching here at MCV. And if there are any questions about who we have endorsed as conservation candidates, please visit our website, mtvoters.org. And a lot of them have been featured on this podcast. A couple of weeks ago, we heard from the New Approach Montana campaign, which hopes to collect tens of thousands of signatures to legalize and tax the recreational adult use of marijuana. Nearly half of that tax revenue, expected to be millions of dollars per year, would go to support public lands in Montana. New Approach Montana asked Judge John Larson of Missoula to extend the deadline to collect signatures to August and to also consider electronic signature gathering given the statewide stay-at-home order. Judge Larson denied both requests, but with social distancing restrictions lifting across the state, New Approach Montana is going for it. As of today, they've already got folks on street corners collecting signatures with strict safety protocols in place. They're using single-use pens, wearing face masks, and keeping six feet of distance between folks who want to sign the petition. They have until June 19th to collect more than 24,000 signatures to legalize adult use of marijuana and nearly 51,000 signatures to change two words in Montana's constitution to define adult for the purpose of marijuana consumption at the age of 21. 
American Indian tribes and environmental groups will ask a federal judge to revive a moratorium on coal sales from federally owned public lands. These coal sales were originally stopped by President Obama for concerns around climate change, but that decision was later reversed by then Department of Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. Despite the coal industry's decline, this move could potentially open up tens of thousands of public lands to coal mining. This decision will be before federal judge Brian Morris, who recently ruled against the KXL pipeline and reversed almost 300 oil and gas leases in Montana. We're going to keep following this story and updating you as we know more. So as you know, we've also been following and are highly engaged in the fight to fully fund our public lands through the Land and Water Conservation Fund. This week, 118 congressmen and women sent a letter to House and Senate leadership asking for the next COVID-19 relief package to include full and permanent funding for LWCF. Notably, our only congressman, Mr. Greg Gianforte, did not sign the letter. MCV and its members have made several attempts to speak to the congressman about the importance of LWCF funding to Montana and our outdoor recreation economy that supports over 70,000 jobs here in our state. But much like many requests and questions that go into Gianforte's office, we have only been met with silence, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise to anyone as we're nearing the anniversary of when Gianforte sued the state to block a fishing access site near his property. Clearly, he is no friend to conservation, outdoor recreation, or our access to the greater outdoors. You guys, this one is a doozy. And what is becoming a fairly normal Montana's Public Service Commission is making news again for continuing to be just absolutely ridiculous. Um, some of our listeners might remember the controversy over at the PIC uh, over some emails, which Commissioner Roger Koopman uh, had claimed were allegedly hacked and turned over to right-wing media blogs. Well, recently it became public that no one actually hacked Commissioner Koopman's emails. What actually happened was that the other Republican commissioners had accessed Koopman's emails and were turning them over to these blog sites, all because they just had disagreements with Koopman. Um, some of the tensions have gotten so bad that the Billings Gazette reported that Commissioner Randy Pinocchi actually called the police because he said Koopman was making him feel unsafe at work. Uh, all of these absolute shenanigans have just gotten the attention of the press in Montana who requested access to the public records that the PSC is obligated to turn over. Now, the PSC... Now, the PSC is actually suing several Montana press outlets over what records they actually have to turn over. In short, the PSC is using your taxpayer dollars to sue the Montana media because they don't want the public to know what they are actually doing. Yeah, Jake, the Billings Gazette this week weighed in in this ordeal and they didn't mince any words. In fact, the Gazette suggested getting rid of the Montana PSC altogether. Their words, and I'm quoting here, the Public Service Commission has become more valuable for its entertainment value than for its contribution to public policy or utility oversight. Low comedy and political skullduggery are not specifically stated goals in the commission's enabling legislation, yet they seem to be the body's primary work product, end quote. The Gazette also said the Montana PSC is, quote, run like a kangaroo court, and it points out that five commissioners who serve on it, all Republicans, each receive well over $100,000 per year plus expenses from taxpayers. That's you and me. Because we believe in accountability at MCV, here are the names of your well-paid PSC commissioners, and we'll put their phone numbers in the show notes. They are, in addition to Randy Pinocci and Roger Koopman, Tony O'Donnell, Bob Lake, 
and Chairman Brad Johnson. We interviewed MCV's endorsed candidate for District 4 of the PSC, Monica Trinnell, last week. We invite you to check out that episode if you missed it, because Monica provides a lot of clarity about what the PSC is supposed to do and what needs to be changed about it. This week, we have a new guest in the hot seat, another one of MCV's endorsed candidates. Today's guest is Shane Morgeau, MCV endorsed candidate for state auditor and 100% lifetime MCV champion. Shane was born and raised in Ronan, but now lives in Missoula with his wife and two dogs. He's a hunter and angler, proud Salish and Kootenai member, and a graduate of the University of Montana's law school, as well as a former wildland firefighter and a pilot. You may know Shane as a House representative in the state legislature, where he has served since 2017 and is the House Minority Whip. Thanks so much for taking time for us here today, Shane. Hey, thanks for having me. So you've built your career giving everyday Montanans a voice. What influenced you to run for state auditor and what does the state auditor do? Um, It's a criminal justice agency that has the primary mission to protect Montana consumers through insurance and securities regulation. Um, this office is created by the Constitution, and um, the structure and regulations are all under formed underneath of statute and, and administrative rules in the state of Montana. And, you know, for me, this office is, when we talk about insurance, of course, protecting people and securities or investments um, from fraud and um, ensuring that um, companies aren't taking advantage of them. Um, oftentimes, what we see is those are companies that are just fly-by-night or or, you know, take advantage of people online or um, show up uh, briefly in the state of Montana. It's, it's typically not the ones playing by the rules or, or trying to play by the rules here in the state of Montana. But, you know, insurance is, is, a, is a major piece of this. And it's a major piece to me, um, for me. It's really important to me because um, through my entire life, I grew up, you just mentioned, I grew up on the Flyhead Reservation and I'm a member there. Um, well, I grew up in Ronan. Um, on the Flyhead Reservation. And, you know, one of the things um, I think it's always worth pointing out is that our Indian communities um, are all, all of them continue to be at the bottom of every social indicator. Um, And to me, that that's, it's critical for me to, to find ways for every Montanan, including our Indian communities, to be able to have um, healthcare um, that's both fair and meaningful. Um, And I think this office holds a key uh, to ensuring that people have access to um, healthcare coverage and meaningful coverage, um, and so we can do that through through regulation, but we can also do that through education, um, getting out to our communities, um, talking to them about the importance of insurance, explaining to them the types of coverage that they can actually access. A lot of people don't know they they probably qualify under the health exchange for a low cost um, or uh, no cost premiums under that um, exchange. So people just don't have the information and this office needs to do a better job of getting that information out to people. Just to kind of play off of, you know, the work that this this office does that's so critical to healthcare. You know, I committed um, to working on many healthcare issues over my career, um, first starting back in 2013 with Medicaid expansion. Um, we were able to get it passed in 15. And then as a state legislator, um, over my two terms, um, we were able to get uh, Medicaid expansion reauthorized. Um, I served on the Health and Human Services Committee that reauthorized that last session. So, um, you know, I, I just I just think this office 
can do a lot more to to interact with people and and do more to get people uh, coverage throughout the state of Montana, especially in our rural communities. Yeah, I think I mean something I always think about is the state auditor is setting the insurance rates for our health care. So that is really an everyday Montanan problem because that's something we're going to be thinking about um, as things move forward. So I love following you on social media, um, especially because I see you get outside a lot. And one of the roles of the state auditor also is to sit on Montana's land board. So how will you protect our shared outdoor way of life as a member of Montana's land board? You know, for me, I think the first thing that I should point out is my whole life, I've, I've grown up here in Montana. I've, in my family, hunting and fishing was um, subsistence. Um, that's how we we survived. We were we were very low income, um, and we survived on on eating wild game, you know, and, and fish. And that's that was our big part of our diet growing up, um, because uh, you know it was just we couldn't afford to go and buy a lot of the things at the grocery store. But you kind of think back, and you're like, wow, we were eating. We were eating very well. And when you think back about how fortunate we were, um, even as being a low-income family, to, to be able to have wild game, is uh, I was very fortunate in that regard. And, um, you know, I also, I grew up outdoors. I, I um, was a raft guide. I fought wild on fire in Montana. Um, I went to forestry school here because I, I thought I wanted to be a forester. I wanted to be outdoors all the time. And um, with some constant encouragement from my mom to pursue um, higher education, you know, she encouraged me to go on and pursue law school. Um, and so that that's where I kind of deviated in my career and, and, and focusing on law. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is is the, the state land board. When we're talking about the importance of that board, you know, our largest economic driver in Montana is our outdoor economy. And, you know, our outdoor economy brings in billions of dollars in the state of Montana. And that's really important. It's important. Um, for jobs, it's important for our local communities, our rural towns and communities, um, and so we we have to play our role in that part and making sure that we're we're doing everything we can to to promote um, economic development in Montana. And I think this 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 office plays an important role in doing that as a member of the state land board. Um, and so you know, to me, I think there's got to be a balance. You know, this the state land board manages. Um, over 5.2 million acres of, of state trust lands, and and we have to manage that in a way to where um, we're maintaining, in my my opinion, access for for recreation. Because that you know, as I just mentioned, it's just so important to people. It's it's why I love living here. It's why so many people live here and come here um, is because of our outdoors, um, our outdoor opportunities. Um, and so you know, first off, I think one of the most important things we should be doing is trying to find ways to. Um, expand access. Um, we we and and ensure that we keep the access that we currently have to our public lands. Um, and I think that happens with with working with landowners. You know, in, in situations where we have landlocked properties, um, we need to really sit down and have conversations with them. You know, I, I've as I've been campaigning, I've had several conversations with with farmers and ranchers, and and several several of them have expressed to me that you know, hey. We actually, my property abuts state state land, um, state public land, um, or there's landlocked properties here. And I actually don't mind having people come out here um, accessing for hunting or fishing. Um, but in the one circumstance, the person said, 
you know, I just don't want weeds to get spread out here, you know, and, and that was happening with vehicles. And so sometimes the, the frustration could be, you know, certain fixes or single issues that we can address together and find ways to, to strengthen those partnerships. Um, I think the current state land board has pushed back on those types of partnerships. Um, you know, they've, they fought against Habitat Montana, the Republicans on that, that land board. Um, and it's unfortunate. You know, there's so many opportunities. There's so many landowners in Montana that really want to partner and work together. Um, and, and I think we're really missing some um, big opportunities to, to do more with them and, and have conversations. And I think my, my skill set and the way I, I'm wired, so to speak, is that's, that's how I kind of see the world. You know, I, I think we should be having conversations and working together. Um, I think my work at the legislature um, is a testament to that. You know, I passed nine bills over my two terms um, in a Republican-controlled legislature. And I think um, those are the things that I'll bring to the table um, on that board. And I know that we at MCV really appreciate just your ethics and how you approach conservation. Um, and I think that that is especially um, apparent with potentially one of the opponents, um, Troy Downing, uh, after the June 2nd primary. So who do you expect to be running against in the general election and how will they differ from you? It's hard to tell, but you know, I, I would probably say um, Troy Downing uh, on the Republican side is, is, has the most name recognition, so I'd expect him to probably advance. You know, that said, I think it's worth noting the, the other two opponents that are in that race um, are both come from insurance industry. One sold insurance and, and one comes from a family that owns uh, victory insurance. And I think that's problematic. You know, I, I actually pride myself on the fact that I don't come from insurance. Um, you know, my, my attorney background of almost a decade um, and working in litigation and transactions and being a legislator um, for two terms and all my work in the legislature, I think really gives me a balanced perspective and gives me the tools necessary to do a good job at this. I want to restore, you know, faith in the office with the workers. I, I continue to hear that um, it's, it's not a great place to work. And we need to fix that. We need people to show up to work, excited to do the work for Montanans, to protect them um, when it comes to insurance regulation and securities regulation, and do the work to uh, make sure that they're not being taken advantage of by insurance companies or fraudulent investors. Um, so that's priority number one, showing up and making sure that the workers that work there um, feel welcome, that we, we get a collective bargaining agreement done with them that's been dragged along for years with the current state auditor. Um, that's something we really need to get done. You know, I talk a lot about one of my big priorities is ensuring that we have um, transparency or that we have fair and affordable insurance rates. And, and, and I think that ties in with transparency. You know, we, I continue to hear as I travel and have conversations now digitally with, with folks that um, there's, a, there's a lot of frustration still in, in how costs are derived and what they're being charged, whether it's at the healthcare level or at the insurance level, they don't feel like Montanans don't feel like they have the full picture, um, and that that information is there for them. And and you know, I've talked to industry folks, and they they say we believe the information's out there that that they can access it. Um, and so, if if it's so available, I, I just don't understand why people continue to to struggle with um, understanding these costs. And so. 
um, in my opinion, that signals to me that it's not transparent and, and that it continues to need work. You know, another piece is the, the insurance and securities fraud side, you know, making sure we're, we're doing investigations um, and we're following through with those investigations and we're ramping up the work in the litigation arm of the office. And, you know, I've talked about this a lot throughout my campaign, um, but I'm committed to making sure we get out there and we provide education to folks. An example is my dad. You know, if my dad ever had a claim with, with an insurance company um, and he felt it wasn't fair, he would just get frustrated, throw his hands up and just say, I want to be done with this. This is stressful. I'd rather move on and just take whatever they're, they're, they're willing to give me. I don't want people to feel that way. I want people to know this office is there for them throughout the entire process. And so I want to get out and do a roadshow and, and do trainings on making sure people understand the rights when it comes to fraud, making sure they understand the rights when it comes to being in, 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 being insured um, with all the various types of insurance out there, making sure that we're providing financial management trainings for folks um, so they can be solvent to a point where they can invest and make um, those types of investments for their families and their future. Um, and so I think, you know, information is power. And, and I think those things are, are something I'm going to really prioritize getting out there and doing. Um, so people know this office is here for them um, from start to finish. That's awesome. I think that uh, I noticed on your website, you actually have a portal for folks to share their stories um, so that you're gathering that information already, which I think is just great. So how is it best to follow your work and your campaign? And if people want to get involved, what should they do? You know, fortunately, we've, we've had a, a nice surge of volunteers over the last um, uh, month or two. And, and it's just been, it's been really, I just appreciate it so much because it means that people believe in, in what the vision is, um, my vision is for the office. And, and if you do want to get involved, um, we have so many needs um, from so many folks, especially right now. We, we need um, support in, in making calls or um, helping with thank you cards. You know, just there's so many just various little things that these campaigns um, do and it t- what it takes to, to win. Um, so, you know, people, if they want to volunteer, um, we're grateful for that. Uh, you can you can go to my website and, and send me a message. Uh, my website shaneformontana.com. Again, shaneformontana.com all spelled out. Um, or you can call me. Uh, you know, that's something I believe in being accessible. And I, I think that's something special about our statewide uh, positions in Montana and having a small enough state is where our elected officials are accessible. So you can call me um, at my number. It's 406-546-4290. And, you know, you mentioned the share your story portion. I take that very serious because I think um, we have to hear from, from Montanans in order to make this office better, to make it run better, um, to serve the needs of, of everyone in the state. And so by hearing from Montanans, we can actually figure out ways or issues um, that we need to address. And so that's very important if we're going to, you know, I think that's what we need to be doing and across the board is hearing from people to find ways to make improvements. And so I take that serious and I would appreciate anyone's um, stories or input on you know, insurance, securities, or public lands, um, you know, and, and, and helping me do a better job for all of you. So one last question, because um, as a hunter and a foodie who loves to cook, uh, I really would love to get a hold of your wife, Jamie's elk penang curry recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, 
So good. Um, I'll send it to you right up. I mean, I, you know what? I'll get it. Um, we've had other friends ask for that recipe, and uh, it is amazing. And um, it, you know, I think we've used various cuts of elk meat for that, uh, and bison actually in making that. So you know what? We'll give it to you, and, and maybe you guys can post it along with this um, podcast. Amazing. That really will just make my whole day, week, year, everything. So thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. And we look forward to our continued work together. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's important for us to note Troy Downing, who we just mentioned, is not only a failed U.S. Senate candidate, but he got caught hunting with an in-state license despite his taxes claiming he's a California resident, clearly someone we want to keep off of Montana's land board. Here I'll add that the independent board of directors of the Montana Conservation Voters Action Fund and the MCV Congressional Action Fund makes all endorsement decisions on behalf of MCV and does not make decisions based on political party affiliation. All candidates, regardless of political affiliation, are welcome to seek MCV's endorsement. Some encouraging news this week, if you live near Yellowstone National Park is that both Wyoming entrances are opening this Monday, May 18th. Now, don't forget to follow us on social media, all at MT Voters. This helps us spread the word and also builds our conservation movement and this conversation. MCV Cast is now available wherever you get your podcasts. We are now on Spotify and TuneIn, in addition to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Subscribe, like, review, all of that helps us out. And as we close out today's show, we're going to turn up the heat just a bit and play a portion of the Montana Republican primary gubernatorial debate hosted by the Montana Broadcasters Association earlier this month. Attorney General Tim Fox, who's running for the nomination against Congressman Greg Gianforte, got the final word. And because the congressman hasn't found the courage to listen to his constituents, Mr. Fox gets the final word here. Congressman, it's clear that you were social distancing long before the pandemic hit. You ducked debates and forums, refused interviews with the press, avoided open public meetings and tough questions, and instead used your considerable wealth to try to buy this election instead of earning those votes. You have used your surrogates to attack me, and you've even called one of my supporters and told him that he shouldn't support me because I have cancer and might get sick while in the governor's office. That's appalling, and it's definitely not Montana. 